The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. It is so good to be with you today. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm here with the Benway, Brandy Stewart, and uh, have y'all seen Angie? We're missing one. I don't know where she went. Well, Angie? (laughs) We miss you. (laughs) Angie is out today, so it's just going to be the three of us, and uh, I am looking forward to our conversation. As am I. I'm but a little confused, I need an though. explanation. Tyler, you know they can't see us. So <laughs> why are you, are you dressed like a centurion? <laughs> or as Ben put it earlier, Darth Vader. <laughs> He's a little confused. Well, we are starting a 12-week study of the book of Romans. So I just figured, <laughs> since this is what we're going to be studying for the next 12 weeks, I should dress the part. Okay. Okay. I feel like I'm in Rome. I'm tracking with you. There we go. Just set the stage. I love it. Mm-hmm. Stage is set. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish everyone else could see. Oh, I'm glad they can't. <laughs> so uh, can one of you give us just a little overview of where we're headed for the next 12 weeks? Um, well, what I know most is that this is going to be probably one of the most in-depth series that we've done on a book of the Bible in a while. So genuinely 12 full weeks. I think that takes us through the end of November, maybe. Um, don't hold me to that, but it's going to be close. Um, and I'm really excited. Paul is one of my favorite people in the Bible to study. I think his life is fascinating. Um, so I'm really excited for what's to come. Nice. So just a little bit of uh, background, and we won't stay here too long, but toward the end, we will give you some resources so you can go and study a little more. Uh, But Paul, you know, his name was Saul. Um, He has this conversion where he gives his life to Jesus. He goes from being the one who persecuted Christians to now he is the biggest advocate of Christianity. Um, People refer to him as a follower of the way. And the way that Paul gets to Rome, this is pretty interesting, is he is on trial, and he has been on trial for a couple of years because the Jewish church is trying to charge him with basically treason against the church. Um, Come to find out he is innocent of all of this. One governor passes him off to the other governor. That governor can't find any charges on him, and Paul basically gets tired of just sitting in jail for trumped up charges. And he says, look, you guys are a bunch of bozos and y'all cannot do anything to me as a Roman citizen. I have a right to stand before Caesar himself. So I need you to send me to Rome. And that's what they do. So just think about this. Paul is headed to Rome where he is going to deliver the scriptures that he has written And the Roman government is going to pay for his way to get there. Mm. Pretty awesome story. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of the background of how Paul got to Rome. What do you guys know about the Roman society 
in the Roman church. Ben, tell us a little bit about who, who were the Romans? Yeah, so I, I thought this was, was pretty interesting. From So like from the Roman Empire, man, they were so influential, right? Um, from their system of government becoming kind of the framework for, for modern republics like we understand today That's in right. the United States. They were the most powerful government at that time. Right. Um, and so like they had a just a huge impact on culture and the development of languages and art um, and religion and architecture and philosophy and law and language um, and then government, like we said, too. So like the Roman Empire was just really influential. Um, and then their but their people, like as I've learned a little bit more about it, it was fascinating to me the similarities of like the culture around us and the times we find ourselves in. Um and th- I came across this, and it, it says that as riches grew, the people became greedy, self-indulgent, lazy, and complacent, and arrogance and luxury infected the Roman people. Um, I don't know. It was just really it was interesting to me to kind of overlay this letter to the Romans from Paul with that lens of, like, that's the culture that's happening in Rome. That's the culture. That's how people are living that he's presenting the gospel to, that he's writing this letter to. Um, and it really kind of hits home with where we are in culture today. Right, a lot of parallels with where we are now, yeah. which I find to be so interesting <laughs> because we live in this quote-unquote progressive day and age where we have evolved and we are enlightened. But yet, what they were going through in the first century, the same sin that plagued them plagues us today. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, this is a crazy thought, but maybe we're just not as evolved as we think we are. Or maybe there's just nothing new under the sun, right? Mm. <laughs> I read that before. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Brandy, what do you know about the Roman church? Uh, so this was pretty fascinating to me too. Just this idea that there was a point where all the Jews were expelled from Rome. And so for a while, it was really the Gentiles leading like that was the church and because they did not feel like they had we've li- we've talked about this before they did not feel as dictated by the law they had all this freedom well i think they let their freedom go a little far mm. and then 5 years after the jews were expelled from the city they were able to come back and so now the church is this really hard mixture of people who are like law 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 and those who are freedom, freedom, freedom. And Paul is trying to say, okay, guys, it's really just God, 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 Jesus, 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 <laughs> Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. So, um, yeah. So that's where they find themselves. And mm-hmm. how cool is it that he is writing this letter and it gives such good insight for them? Uh, we're about to read this passage, but before we do, I just want to say this. One good, helpful tip when we're studying scripture is for us to recognize that we are not the primary audience. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we can get into error when we read scripture and we immediately try to apply that to our lives. Instead, we need to recognize, and this is why we're covering some of the background here, this was written to a primary audience in the Church of Rome. And it helps when we read that first, understand what they were going through, understand the implications for them, and then derive principles Mm -hmm. and apply that to our lives. Does that make sense? Filter. Yes. We have to filter it through that background. 
very good way of putting it. So, Brandy, would you be so kind to read us Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7? Seven. 7. Okay. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. So uh, I want us to talk for a minute about some key words, phrases that stood out to us there. Before we do that, I got to tell you this story. Martin Luther, a lot of you have probably heard of them, of him. He is the father of the Protestant Reformation. Um, he he started out as a uh, as a monk, but he could not get around his own depravity and how far from God he was and how unruling his flesh was. That led him to take a deep dive into the book of Romans. And one of the things that really threw Luther off was the righteousness of God. And we'll see this phrase as we read through this book, the righteousness of God. His conclusion was that since God is righteous, he will then therefore condemn the unrighteous. And Luther, knowing just how condemned he was and how sinful he was, could not get over that. And though that's true, it's a half-truth, what Luther came to realize was the righteousness of God justifies the unrighteousness. So it's not the righteousness of God condemns the unrighteous. It is the righteousness of God that justifies the unrighteous. Mm. It's that this gives us hope. This gives us insight into who God is, and that revolutionized his thought. That is what led to the Protestant Reformation. Just one more story following that. John Wesley, who is a failed missionary, failed preacher, what we came to find out was he was failed because he had terrible theology and he wasn't saved. Mm -hmm. As he is in a Bible study, they read the commentary, the introduction of Luther's commentary on the book of Romans. And it was so powerful. John Wesley gave his life to Jesus mm. and led one of the greatest missionary efforts that our country has ever seen. Mm. So that's, that's just a little backdrop. And I say all that to say these next 12 weeks could be so revolutionary for you and for me and for all of us as we delve into the scripture, as we allow it to be applied to our lives, change our theology, change our thinking, open our eyes up to this foundational book that I think all of theology rests upon. Mm-hmm. So with all of that. No, it's hard to follow. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what were some things that stood out to you from that passage we just read? Well, I, real quick, right out of the gate, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, um, just in my time in Scripture, especially over this last year, I've just been amazed or astonished or maybe seen for truly the first time of the life change of Paul. Um, I go back to, to Acts, um, Acts chapter 8, 
and or Acts seven, the end of seven, and, and in chapter eight, like when we see Stephen being stoned, and it says that Saul was there giving approval to his death. Mm. Saul, who later became Paul, um, and then we keep going in Acts chapter eight, and it says that Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off men and women, and put them in prison. Um, and so those are just a few of kind of the highlights of Paul's past. And we open, he opens this book clearly defining his identity as a servant of Jesus and just the life change of the power of the gospel in that and how, how for how long I have just kind of breezed past that, you know, as, oh, yeah, I don't know, Paul, he was blinded on the road to them. Yeah, yeah, I know that story. Mm-hmm. But, man... Like, I didn't get very far. I just <laughs> underlined it and stopped right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just something to note. If this was a made-up story, if Scripture was made up, don't you think they would have used more qualified people? Mm. <laughs> I mean, you take the guy who literally drugged people out of the synagogue, drugged people out of their homes, murdered them, was changed by the gospel, mm. and then wrote about it. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Look, just a few words later, it, after he's called a servant, he also says, I am an apostle. And I don't know about y'all, but uh, in our house church for the night that we talked about spiritual gifts, apostleship was one that kind of, we were all like, mm, what is that? <laughs> so I love that we can come back to this and say, hey, it's what Paul did. It's his life was a perfect picture of apostleship. And the definition of that is just adapting to a different culture to share the gospel. And his whole life is just such a perfect picture of what that means. And uh, the other thing that stuck out to me was in verse, I think it's five, where he says, hey, we do all of these things and we have been given grace and apostleship not just the grace, but we are to go to bring out the obedience of our faith. And then I have this underline in my Bible for the sake of his name among the nations. So it's not for me, for anyone else, but we do these things and we've been given this gift for the sake of all people. And Paul is just a really good example of what that could look like. That's so good. Can you give us the definition one more time of what an apostle is? I sure can says apostleship is adapting to a different culture to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. So not just the people that you're used to. Yeah. And a different culture, let's be clear. I think a lot of times we think of that as like foreign missions and it absolutely can be, but it can also mean someone who's not of your same social status, who doesn't live in your neighborhood, who's not on the good side of town, you know, whatever. There's Culture has so many different meanings. So don't take that to mean, oh, well, they're telling me right now I have to go across the ocean to tell people about Jesus because maybe you should. But also maybe that means you should talk to somebody on the the opposite side of your Mm. town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Some of the things that stood out to me from this passage, the first was in verse two where it says the gospel. Um, The gospel means the good news. Like Paul is saying, this is literally good news. Yeah, look, I would also love to point us back. We're going to get out of Romans for a second, but back to Acts again. 
in chapter 26. If you've ever also felt intimidated by sharing the good news, uh, here's another example of Paul being an example for us, starting in verse 9. So chapter 26, verse 9, and going all the way through, I mean, honestly, the end, but you could stop around verse 23. There is a perfect picture of what it means to share the gospel through your testimony. He starts out with, here's who I was before I encountered Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, here is when I encountered Jesus. And now, here's who I am after I've encountered Jesus and what that's supposed to look like. So good. I think our story is something we have to leverage Mm -hmm. to let people know what God has done in my life. How do I know this is true? Because God changed me. Yeah. It's a powerful testimony. We'll we'll put that scripture in the study guide mm-hmm. as some of our supplementary texts if you want to go back and check that out. Ben, any final thoughts? No, I'm really excited about this series mm-hmm. um, and, and the weeks to come um, and, and just looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Very good. So I want to leave you guys with a couple resources that you can check out throughout the week. Number one, this one's very simple. You can find this on YouTube. Uh, It's a little channel called The Bible Project. Mm -hmm. And if you go on there, they just do a phenomenal job at taking some complex issues and making it very simple. So if you go to YouTube, type in The Bible Project, and then search... um, overview of Romans. You'll see two videos where they break down and give you an overview of this entire book. It'll just be good information for you to have as we go through this study. And then the other, I would say grab Luther's commentary. You can find this on Amazon. It's translated into English. And if if you're feeling, you know, heady, scholarly, you want to <laughs> dive in to uh, a lot of this, then you can check that out as well. So with that, guys, we hope that this was a blessing to you. We hope you enjoyed it. We, along with Angie, will see you here next week. Hope you have a great one. Catch you next time. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in House Church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.